This is the fourth bonus episode in the National Secular Society's podcast series hosted by Emma Park. I will be speaking to Stephen Evans, CEO of the NSS, about a topic close to the heart of the Society's founder, Charles Bradlaugh, and his successes today. This is the issue of oath-taking in the courtroom in England and Wales, which Stephen wrote about in a recent blog post. When a witness takes the stand in a court of law and swears to tell the truth, what are the rules about how it should be done? What are the NSS's objections to them? And is there a better solution than the current arrangement? So I'm joined now by Stephen Evans. Stephen, Charles Bradlaugh, who's obviously the founder of the National Secular Society, was unable to take his seat in Parliament in 1880 because he refused to swear the religious oath that MPs were required to take in those days. Now, does this mean that oaths are still a particularly important um, or symbolic issue for the NSS today? Hello. Um, well, you say Bradlaugh refused the oath. That That's not actually quite right. As an atheist and Republican, Bradlaugh certainly preferred not to take the oath of allegiance to God and Queen, but actually he was willing to do so if it meant he could take his seat, albeit the words were obviously meaningless to him. But the House of Commons wouldn't allow him to affirm. But because he was an atheist, he wasn't allowed to take the religious oath either. So Bradlaugh was effectively barred from taking his seat. And after initially being elected by the people of Northampton, it was um, he had to contest four subsequent by-elections before finally being allowed to take his seat. And when he did, it was his Oaths Act uh, back in 1880 that enabled non-religious MPs to affirm rather than swear the religious oath. And obviously that's a right enjoyed by many MPs to this day. So yes, I, I think it's fair to say that the issue of oaths has been ever present, uh, something of a totemic issue, you could say, over our 150 or so year history. And I think it remains an issue today because we're still using religious oaths and affirmations, whether it be in Parliament or in courtrooms, and it's not entirely without its problems. Mm. So Charles Bradlaugh was, he wanted to affirm that he initially, and he wasn't allowed to do that. Yes, initially he wanted to affirm, he wasn't allowed to do that. Then he said, okay, then I'll take the oath. But he wasn't allowed to do that either. So if they haven't got you one way, they've got you. So as a non-religious prospective member of MP back then, it was very difficult. There was no real route into Parliament. So Bradlaugh paved the way for non-religious MPs to uh, take their seats as parliamentarians. I, I see. So the idea was that, that basically Quakers normally affirm, don't they? I think they don't, they don't swear. Yeah, there were, there were arrangements in place for Jews and Quakers, but there was nothing in place for atheists. So Bradlaugh was very much kind of a, a pioneering MP in, in making sure that Parliament was more inclusive to non-religious citizens. That's that's great. And I mean, I assume he, he was willing to take the religious oath, but at that point, was it? did Parliament just say, no, we know you're an atheist, so it doesn't count if you try to take the religious oath? Yeah, he was something of a, a, a an outspoken, uh, notorious, you could say, atheist back then. So um, yeah, there was no question of him being uh, allowed to take the religious oath because everybody knew it would be meaningless. I see, so it's sort of cheating. I see. Um, it, moving on to today, in a courtroom in England or Wales, jurors and witnesses have to begin by swearing an oath of some kind that basically purports to guarantee their good faith and truthfulness. What, what from the NSS's perspective, is the problem with the way that this um, oath-taking procedure currently works? Well, I suppose there's three concerns, really. First, it results 
in witnesses being treated differently depending on their personal beliefs. Uh, second, it runs the risk of prejudicing jurors for or against witnesses. And thirdly, it just seems to be a wholly unnecessary breach of a witness's right to privacy. So uh, like in Parliament, originally we, we only had the religious oath in courtrooms, then affirmations were introduced to fix the problem of religious minorities, uh, primarily Quakers and atheists refusing to swear the oath to God. So the way things work at the moment before given evidence, witnesses have to swear to tell the truth on the holy book of their choice, uh, be it the Bible, Bhagavad Gita, Quran, whatever. Or if they so choose, they can affirm, which basically means uh, uh, declining a holy book and instead simply promising to tell the truth. So in our courtrooms, the first thing a jury will find out about a witness is their religious affiliation or perhaps lack of it. And that just strikes me as daft. Um, a witness's religion or, or lack of religion is entirely irrelevant to the proceedings. But with the way things are, any juror who's harboring any sort of prejudice uh, may be influenced by someone swearing on a holy book or opting not to. And, and you know whether it's consciously or unconsciously, they could regard them with suspicion or, or, or favoritism. Um, because people may and do hold prejudiced attitudes towards Christians, Muslims or atheists or whoever else. So by making this performative display of a person's religious or, or atheistic convictions, it may actually get in the way of the administration of justice. And certainly some academics have argued that any procedure that signals someone's belief or disbelief in God could be an influential cue of morality or immorality that could bias trial outcome in a number of ways. It's, it certainly definitely seems like um, a big breach of privacy. I, obviously, this is a difficult one because the whole point of being a juror is that you have privacy in terms of how you make your decision. But is there any evidence as to jurors being actually prejudiced by the way they see witnesses affirming or swearing oaths? As I say, I think some academics in in I'm not sure if it's Ireland or Northern Ireland, something tells me it may be uh, uh, Queen's University in Belfast, but some academics have lo looked into this. And I say there is some evidence that it, you know, if, if you make any sort of statement or any signal of your belief or disbelief in God, it can certainly act as a cue uh, of morality or immorality, as I say. So, yes, I think I, I don't think there's there's strong evidence either way, but it certainly seems reasonable to assume that some people may um, take an opinion on someone on the basis of their beliefs. I think it happens all the time. Um, you also raised the point about it being a private matter, and, and, and indeed Article 8 of the Human Rights Act protects everyone's right to respect for privacy in such matters. So I don't think anyone should be under any obligation or duty or pressure to uh, disclose or give any indicators as to their beliefs in this way. It just seems entirely unnecessary to me. Absolutely, any more than you would be under an obligation to, to reveal your political beliefs in, in a similar situation. Absolutely, a witness's religious outlook is really none of the jurors' business, but by making an issue out of religion in the courtroom, we're making it their business. And it just, as I say, seems wholly unnecessary. It's, it's, it's irrelevant information. And I mean, let's think about, I mean, the original purpose of making people swear an oath on the Bible or on whatever holy book or by whatever God in, in, in many different societies was presumably to remind them of the seriousness of what they were doing. And also, if you like, to put the fear of God into them, almost to have um, a, a deity in the background as a guarantee of their good faith. 
uh, in theory anyway, although it's not the case that people have never lied before in court. Do you think it's still necessary today in our much less religious times for witnesses to make a public declaration that they're going to tell the truth? Well, I, I think it is important to convey the importance of what witnesses are saying and, and the legal ramifications of not telling the truth. So, uh, yes, I think there is a value in requiring witnesses to acknowledge publicly before they give evidence that they are under a solemn duty to do that. So uh, some sort of declaration to, I don't know, focus the mind and remind witnesses that if they fail to tell the truth, they'll be committing a defence. Uh, that's no bad thing. I just don't think in the modern age... The, the sort of uh, multi-faith mishmash we have of religious oaths and affirmations is, is really the best way of doing that. But I, I don't find the argument that religious people are more likely to tell the truth if they're allowed to swear on their holy book very persuasive. Um, if they want to lie, they could just affirm, of course. Um, and the idea that we need to strike the fear of God into people just seems like uh, an idea that belongs to another age, really. Absolutely. But but at the same time, as you say, there, there does seem to be a value in, in making people take what they're saying seriously by publicly declaring that they're going to tell the truth. Absolutely. In terms of you've spoken of the mishmash of the current system, as is the case in many aspects of um, the British system, as we've seen in previous podcasts, there are lots of mishmashes in, in British law, whether it's to do with marriages or oaths. Um, or anything. So as far as the oaths go, what would the NSS like to see in place of the current system? And why would your proposal be better? Well, I think the most sensible thing to do would be to replace the current system we have of religious oaths and affirmations with a simple, universal declaration uh, of the solemn duty to tell the truth. So a straightforward statement of truth that would ensure that all witnesses make the same statement, everyone's treated equally, jurors would not be given the opportunity to make value judgments about the witnesses' choice of oath. So, uh, you know, a single declaration is the way I would go that would best protect everyone's right to respect to a private life, as I say, which is enshrined in the Human Rights Act. So some sort of standardised oath in which uh, a witnesses are required to promise very sincerely to tell the truth and to state that they understand that if they fail to do so, they'll be committing an offence for which they could be punished. Uh, this would remove any distinction between witnesses. Um, it would introduce a level playing field that takes away the need for the person to reveal their religious beliefs before they even give evidence. So it seems like a very simple solution to me. That certainly sounds like, yeah, clearing up some of the mess. Um, is What about in other European countries or elsewhere around the world? Are there any precedents for these this sort of proposal? Well, from, from from what I know, I think the, the the situation in Europe is largely similar to what we have in the United Kingdom. I think the secularisation of Europe, this this shift away from the religion that we've seen, has happened relatively quickly. And I think the religious demographics have probably changed faster than legal systems tend to in most European countries. There will be a link between court proceedings and religious beliefs, because as you indicated earlier, in in an age of Sort of pious belief, swearing to God was thought to be the best means for encouraging truthful testimony. I don't think that's the case now, if it ever was. So most European countries these days will allow witnesses who object to oaths uh, to substitute it for some sort of secular affirmation. But I know France have a secular statement of truth. And I think Denmark too has abolished all oaths in legal proceedings. So if we were to go down this route of a universal standardised oath, I don't think we would be the first country to do it. But, you know, given that the UK is one of the most secular nations on earth, um, albeit in outlook, not in constitution, of course, um, I think it would be uh, reasonable to lead the way on this one. 
So uh, how likely is it that, that your proposals, that the NSS proposals, will actually come into effect in the UK anytime soon? Um, I think it's possible. Um, getting anything changed in this country, as, as we know, uh, takes time. But at the NSS, um, uh, we are in it for the long haul. Um, but we, we'll probably need to get the Law Commission on board. So the Law Commission on top board at the moment, it's not something we're talking about. I don't think it's been uh, within their radar um, in recent years. Uh, I, but in Ireland, uh, the Law Commission there, they've been quite vocal on this. They've been campaigning to remove the oath-based system in its entirety in Ireland. Um, they want to remove it to reflect the diversity and the inclusivity of Ireland, they say. They've also highlighted the tension between religious oaths and the right to privacy. So so they clearly get it in Ireland. And there have been some changes in Ireland recently. So you had to swear, make a religious oath when you swore an affidavit in Ireland. That's That's been removed. Um, so that was removed in England well, some years ago. But that's recently been reformed. And the Irish, Irish Law Commission are saying you should go further and actually come up with some sort of universal affirmation, as I'm suggesting here. That That is exactly, precisely the suggestion of the, the Law Commission in Ireland. But in terms of the Law Commission of England and Wales, I don't think this is something they have raised yet, but we'll certainly be lobbying them to, to maybe put this within their scope of work. Um, but it has been an issue in England and Wales too. The, uh, the Magistrates Association back in 2013 debated a motion to end swearing of oaths um, that was considered by the, I think, the AGM of the Magistrates Association. Um, so that was a... But that not didn't go anywhere then in the end? No, it's a very similar su- uh, suggestion to what I'm suggesting. So just replace oaths with that and affirmations with a promise to very sincerely tell the truth. Um, and whilst it gained some support, it was ultimately rejected. And I think some people argued that it would problematically, in their view, signal the erosion of Christian heritage in Britain, which I don't think is a very strong argument, but nevertheless, it was defeated. But it does show that this issue is on the radar, and certainly some lawyers recognise it as being a problem. So if we can get the Law Commission on board, then perhaps we'll see a change. Um, But obviously, whilst whilst we've still got an established church and entrenched religious privilege in this country, any reforms that upset the religious lobby or make them think that Christian heritage has been eroded, uh, clearly it faces an uphill struggle. But I think the proposals that I've set out are sensible. And, uh, you know, hopefully sooner or later we'll get there. Stephen Evans, thank you very much. Thank you. This episode was produced by the National Secular Society. All rights reserved. The views expressed by contributors do not necessarily represent those of the NSS. You can access the show notes and subscriber information for this and all our episodes at secularism.org.uk forward slash podcast. For feedback, comments and suggestions, please email podcast at secularism.org.uk. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a positive review wherever you can. Thanks for listening and I hope you can join us next time.